This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. This show is brought to you by Pet King Brands, the makers of Zymox and Oratine. It's Behave with Arden Moore, the show that teaches you how to have harmony in the household with your pets. Join Arden as she travels coast to coast to help millions better understand why cats and dogs do what they do. Get the latest scoop on famous faces. They're perfectly pampered pets in Who's Walking Who in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails. Garner great pet tips and have a doggone fur-flying fun time. So get ready for the pause and applause as we unleash your all-behave host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome to the Old Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Our special guest today is a new breed of dog trainer. In fact, he actually considers himself more of a dog teacher than a trainer. And he believes that there are no bad dogs. Now, he's my kind of guy. Please give pause and applause to the host of the Nat Geo Wild Show called Dog Impossible. He's also the co-founder of the Zen Den, the very insightful Matt Feisner. Welcome to the show, Matt. Thank you, Arden. It's a real pleasure to be here. Hey, you know, pet pals, get ready to learn how Matt is turning around the lives of some very challenged dogs. And he doesn't do it with a heap of treats or praise. How does he do it? We're going to find out. But we got to take this commercial break first. So you know the drill. Sit and stay. We'll be right back. Time for a pause. Four furry ones actually sit and stay. All behave. We'll be right back. Pause up, pet pals. Arden Moore here to talk about the importance of keeping your cats and dogs hydrated. Yes, clean water is great, but not all pets, especially cats, will lap up enough water every day from the bowl. Or maybe your dog is thirsty after a long walk. That's why I'm a big fan of two new isotonic drinks called Kitty Raid and Doggy Raid. And there is a great meal topper to enhance kibble called Yummy Raid. They all contain electrolytes and amino acids plus prebiotics. And they're all veterinary approved. Nice, right? Now, my furry Brady Bunch love them. Find out where you can get your paws on these healthy, hydrating drinks and gravy-like meal topper by visiting DoggyRaid.com. That's D-O-G-G-Y-R-A-D-E.com. Drink up, pets. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. All Behave is back with more tail-wagging ways to achieve harmony in the household with your pets. Now back to your fetching host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. All right. Welcome back to the Old Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Our special guest today is Matt Weisner. He's the co-founder of the Zen Dog with his wife, Brooklyn. Did you like that? I got your wife in there? Yes. Good one, Art. Good girl, Arden. Good girl. Yeah. <laughs> and he is the host of, of a must-see series. It's called Dog Impossible. Take that, Tom Cruise. And it airs on Disney Plus and National Geographic Wild. Matt, you take on the most challenging canine cases. A lot of these dogs have fear-based aggression. 
other kinds of challenging emotions. It's, it's really not an easy gig. And yet you don't rely on treats or praise and thank goodness yelling. I mean, can you kind of describe the Zen-like approach that you use? Because I think it's much needed. Well, thank you, Arden. I sure appreciate the opportunity to talk about these amazing dogs and, and different ways that they respond to reinforcers. Obviously, you would know, and probably plenty of your listeners would know, eight out of 10 dogs will respond to food first. I found myself in a world of dogs that had behavior that was aggressive, who often wouldn't respond to food right away and actually didn't want to play either. So I, I stumbled into this niche and I do me stumbled because I was afraid of dogs well into adulthood, got bit when I was a kid on Halloween. And so I had to think carefully about what I was entering into because I was scared. <laughs> I'm, wait a minute, let's just take a pause. And I mean, pause for pause and a pause. So your whole career now, which you wouldn't have predicted after being bit as a kid on Halloween is helping dogs that can bite you. Yeah. Yeah, there's. A, I don't know if it's comeuppance or if it's or if is it's that real. karma, good, bad. I was gonna say. I think probably <laughs> the answer is yes. But what I find myself in are these these profound opportunities to help build relationships between the dogs, between the dogs and their humans, and my offering myself as a support. Obviously, commands or control, particularly from uh, more punitive methods, is not going to be a long game for any learner, and it's not really ideal, honestly, for a lot of owners to be set up that way. They'll often say to me, you know, I tried this and I didn't really like how it felt, but they assume that they don't know enough to be able to advocate for themselves and consequently their dogs. So as I begin to explore what really amounts to a lot of free shaping and capturing with verbal praise and then when appropriate physical praise, and by when appropriate, I mean, is this dog signaling that this is acceptable? Right. I found a whole world of dogs and way of connecting with dogs that opened up because sometimes I wouldn't have treats on me or I would be in a situation where the dog wasn't gonna take food and I needed to use something else. And if I could use my voice and mark with my voice and then modulate what I was doing with my voice and the words that I was saying, dogs started to respond to it. And it was, it was pretty interesting and it's something that I probably spent too many years exploring, but I spent a lot of years exploring it and, and it fits really well into humane principles and how we can really work on that more intimate connection that we're after. Well, there's some things that I think, I hope you can bring out, enlighten, look, I'm using a Buddhism term, enlighten us on a few things. And I think it's really gonna be a game changer. Number one, uh, you're really dealing into new science. And I want you to talk a little bit about the high percentage of dogs deemed aggressive that are really fear-based and what that means. And secondly, I understand, you know, there are three things that we humans do that are big mistakes when you're dealing with challenging dogs. So, all right, I feel like Alex Trebek up from heaven. Hey, Matt, for 200, what the heck do you mean by what's going on with fear-based aggression and why is that really something we need to pay attention to? Uh, the first time I heard fear-based aggression was at a seminar that Dr. Dunbar was presenting. And that and was- let's give, Ian Dunbar is like the godfather of, of dog training. Yeah, That's how I describe him as well. Yeah. It was revelatory for me for a number of reasons. One, it just, it created context for behavior that I had never, never really considered. And two, I saw an immediate parallel because I was afraid of dogs and, and my initial response when I was afraid in life and afraid of dogs was to be aggressive. So I began to think if this dog's behavior, and I also wanna point out the really important distinction between 
labeling a dog an aggressive dog and the yeah. dog's behavior is aggressive. Yeah, thank you, thank you, yes. So when I got that nugget from Dr. Dunbar, it helped me pivot radically so that I began to consider, and I just wanna even pause there, I begin to practice consideration in my training. There's something about this dog that I don't know, the knowing of which would help me change its experience. And since fear being a primary emotion can drive so many things, particularly the, the dog's ability to learn, my job no longer becomes about changing the behavior. My job no longer becomes about fixing the behavior because your dog's not actually broken. The behavior is 100% appropriate based on how the dog is experiencing the world in the moment. My job is to help meet the dog where it's at, which means what seems to be creating fear for you and where can we work from that place? And I have learned gratefully that if I slow my role in the beginning, and I mean all the way down to I worked with a resource guarding dog with a bite history recently, and when I really slowed down and I began to look for patterns in the behavior, I noticed that one nostril would flare as a tell about three minutes before the dog was going to actually aggress. Really? Okay. Yeah. So when I slow my roll, then we build a foundation based on what that dog needs and that dog's agency, and then we can go fast. And it seems it seems antithetical to this results oriented. Oh, wait a minute. You just said a big old word. Say it again. Agency? No, it seems anti what antithetical. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can't even find that in the dictionary. What the heck? So generally, because we're in a results oriented business, people want the thing to show that it works. Okay. And what I know works and what dogs demonstrate works and what science repeatedly demonstrate works is if we allow the dog to operate from a place that is not inflammatory, which is where we're dumping cortisol in and there's a lot of pressure put on the dog, but anti-inflammatory where the presence of oxytocin is and there are appropriately set up dopamine opportunities, then the dog is going to learn differently. That brings me to this. So this is really important. You just taught us first, slow down, study, survey the surroundings. And second, our dogs outsmell us they smell our emotional state. And I'm assuming you've bringing in an emotional state that has a lot more oxytocin than the bad cortisol. That's my intention. I am aware that I am a flaming antecedent. So that put on a t-shirt because yeah, I'd like to see that. I'll, I'll get one. Okay. All right. Cause I know, you know, I show up as a human and I'm trying to be mindful about how I show up. But what we find ourselves in is these dogs have this opportunity to learn in a way that actually lets them breathe, lets them process. And so if I go slow in the beginning, which helps me because I get better vocabulary for who this dog is and what the tells are and the patterns, and then I can include the, the dog's human. Do you see this? What did yeah. you notice here? And so they start to feel empowered. Now we're in this thing together. I don't have the answers. I just have experience that this individual may not have, but you know your dog better than I do. So let's see how we can all meet together in the middle. In one of your show's episodes, you talked about there are three things that we unintentionally do that are biggie mistakes, especially for dogs who are dealing with issues and they need to find, to be paired with a human that knows what they're doing. I'll tee you up real easy. Do you know him? Okay, he's enlightened, he's got this. So what's <laughs> something we do with a dog that may be quote unquote with challenging behaviors? Thinking we're doing it to be kind, it's nighttime. What's a big no-no for us? Oh, uh, well, a big a big no-no, 
you know, the, the, the gateway to probably one of the big no-nos is I'm going to rub you and pet you now because it's nighttime and it's time for us to be cozy together. Okay. And that often happens at the expense of or override of the dog's consent. So going overboard on affection is going to backfire. I, I have seen that empirically and I value any science that supports that because I've seen it for 10 years now. So what should we do? Because we're silly humans. Oh, you're a good girl. You're a good boy. And the poor dog is like, really? What's the better way of doing a shine of affection in a limited dose? I have to start with seeing what the dog responds to. So let's say my dog is laying on the couch and it's nighttime and I want to go get cozy with my dog and, and binge watch something. I have learned to watch what my dog does as I approach the couch. Okay. As I sit on the couch, as I scooch next to the dog, where I put my hands, those kinds of things can tell me right away if the dog does or doesn't want to be touched. And then what I'll do is basically a game of red light, green light. If the dog says to me that it's comfortable being touched, I will pet the dog for maybe a second or two. Where I pet the dog matters. Right. Shoulder, head, those things. Can the dog see my hand coming? I'll pet the dog for a second or two and then I'll stop. And the dog will pretty clearly tell me by virtue of turning away or an exhale or maybe a stress cue, that was too much for me or I'm done. And if the dog seems to want more, then I will comply and um, I don't know if this is appropriate, but it just reminds me of a first date. Yeah. Hey, don't <laughs> worry. The show is called Oh Behave. You're in good steed. Yeah. Um, the second thing that is a mistake is we think it's good to have dogs that may be having some issues to work out at night. Just say, hey, come on up on the bed. What's the danger for both? Well, the three things that I see, I certainly am curious your insight on this too. The three things that I see rather than a blanket, you know, don't have a dog on the bed is. Right. Does it disturb the human sleep? We're in a working relationship. So if my sleep, and I I speak from somebody who had three dogs on the bed who every night thought it was a great idea and every morning vowed he wouldn't do it again. (laughs) And now you're a daddy of two two leggers, right? Right. So, So if it disturbs the human sleep and you have a dog that has some challenges, you are less set up to support the dog with those challenges because you're going to be sleep deprived. If it disturbs your dog's sleep, your dog's nervous system is not getting the restoration that it needs. That's not going to be good for anybody. And the third thing is their resource guarding specific to the human, the, the bedroom or the bed itself. Those are the three things that I look for when people talk about having their dog on a bed. And then the other mistake you talked about is that we really do a lousy job of knowing what is calm in a dog and how to reward calm. Yeah. Yeah. So there's two parts to that. It's easy to get a false read on a dog, especially let's say you're working with an aggression case. Anything that's not aggression starts to look great. But aggression often is a series of steps for the dog. And and aggression typically is one of the last things the dog seems to want to do. So when I'm looking at what genuine calm is, again, I have to come back to learning what the dog's cues are. And then I have to pay attention if I'm using my voice, if I'm using my hands, if I'm using treats, you know, values of treats. I have to pay attention to what lends itself to the dog continuing to remain calm and self-regulate versus what stimulates the dog. And that'll even change the, not only just the treat, but the technique. You know, I don't want a dog that's lying down to to get a high value treat necessarily and hear me say, that was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) What? Back to the drawing board. Hey everyone, we're speaking with Matt Beisner. He is the Zen dog. 
He is the host of Dog Impossible. It's on Disney Plus and Nat Geo Wild. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about his past, including a terrier named Kingston. So everybody sit and stay. We'll be right back. Time for a walk on the red carpet, of course. All Behave will be back in a flash right after these messages. Hey, pet pals, Arden Moore here. Itch, scratch, rub, chew, repeat. Does that sound like what's happening to your pet? Help is here. Zymox skin and ear care products can help calm and soothe your pet's angry skin or red infected ears. For over 20 years, Zymox products have been helping pets find relief for these conditions. For that itchy pet, Zymox shampoo and leave-on conditioner combines a special blend of ingredients that moisturize, hydrate, and provide soothing relief. For those hard-to-treat areas like body folds or the paws, easy-to-use Zymox topical cream and spray are great options. And for those nasty ears, Zymox ear solution is amazing. And you don't even have to pre-clean the painful ear. No pre-cleaning? Hooray! All Zymox skin and ear products get their effectiveness from enzymes. Zymox contains no antibiotics and no petroleum byproducts, just the soothing power of enzymes. Zymox can be found at your veterinary clinic, most specialty stores for pets, and online. And you can save 20% off any Zymox or Oratine products on Zymox.com. Just enter the code ARDEN20 at checkout. That's ARDEN20. Visit Zymox.com. That's Z-Y-M-O-X.com. Pause up. Ever Pet knows there's a lot in your life that you worry about. We want to make sure your pet's flea and tick protection isn't one of them. Tever Pet offers vet quality flea and tick protection that has the same active ingredients as leading brands like Canine Advantix 2 and Frontline Plus, but that cost much less, which means you can give your pet total flea protection worry-free. Tever Pet, helping you and your pet live your best life. Online at TevraPet.com. That's T-E-V-R-A Pet.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Hi, I'm Dean Koontz, and you're listening to Oh Behave with Arden Moore on Pet Life Radio. We're back from the lot. Just checked the paper, and we had a record showing at the box. The letterbox, that is. Now back to Oh Behave. Here's Arden. Welcome back to the Oh Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. I'm getting schooled. Really, I'm getting schooled in a good way from our friend Matt Beisner. I want you after the show, everybody, to go to uh, zendog.com. And I think you're on, is this, what season two for the uh, Dog Impossible show? Season two is out right now. And, and you can always find me, people can find me on Instagram at Matt underscore Beisner and Facebook Matt Beisner and basically type in Matt Beisner. And if it's not me, then I might have a relative I didn't know about. All right. So you have quite an interesting past and you weren't the kid that got straight A's. You didn't have this whole life charted out for you. In fact, you did a little prison time Mm -hmm. and uh, you also had uh, dealings with a terrier named Kingston. So how has your past made you a better Matt? Well, what Kingston offered for me and for clarity, because I have friends that have done prison time, I did jail time. Okay, jail time's different. Oh, yes, yes. Tell me it's different. Sorry, I was going to call Orange is the new Matt, but you know, go ahead. 
Yeah, I've been wearing black since I was in New York 15 years ago. So black is just that. So so with Kingston, you know, one of the parallels growing up is somebody who used, who was just afraid of everything and who used alcohol and drugs as a way to buffer that until that became what I relied on, hence ended up in jail. By the time I land, uh, about two months clean and sober and detoxing in my then girlfriend's home with this terrier Kingston, who is a puppy who's got some aggression issues, which is not how I recommend detoxing. Did protein. you want to go back to jail? Come on. I did not think about it. Let's put yeah. it that way. Right. Um, but Kingston, I want to acknowledge being a, a TV trainer myself and accepting the responsibility that comes with that and the impact. I saw a TV trainer at the time who was helping a grown man on this on this particular episode get over his fear of dogs. And all of a sudden, a light switch went off. And, and I began to do things for Kingston. Even though okay. I was scared, I began to get Kingston outside to sit on the porch and watch the world together. I began to take Kingston on a walk and and bit by bit, I began to practice what is not only a cornerstone of humane training, but also a cornerstone of, of the entire Zen Dog approach. If you do what's good for the dog, it's going to change you for the better. And that's really how things took off for me. So speed forward to now, how did you land a TV show? And congratulations, because I think your approach, you're not going around going and overpowering a dog. We don't need to mention names, but your approach takes a little more time. It takes a little more purpose and you really are in the present moment. I appreciate the acknowledgement for that. It's, and even now, as I continue to watch my work, I just, I keep striving to learn more and bring more in terms of a humane principle and approach. So I end up on a TV show because LA being LA and the dogs needing help one of my clients is famous and she goes on a famous talk show and says, oh yeah, my dog is current because her dog has 40,000 followers itself. <laughs> Are you going to name this person? You've already teased us. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Cause, um, because I guess at this point it's an open secret. Yeah. Yeah. The, so the dog's name was Lammy and the, uh, I'm so good at protecting people's identities. I am absolutely drawing a blank on who Lammy was. How is that for that is lousy promotion. Lena Dunham. Lena, okay. Uh, yeah, okay, yes, Lena yes. Dunham. All right, thank you. So one of the things that, there are two things that stood out to me. One, she emailed and she said, just giving you a heads up, I just outed you. Oh, and no. She said, you might get some calls. And said, With, within two hours, I had a phone call about doing a TV show. The other wow. thing I wanted to just capture in that moment was that there was a week where all of a sudden I, I was relatively unknown. All of a sudden I was everywhere. I did one interview and then all of the other magazines took that interview and pretended it was their own. So I wanted yep. to go Sorry, I, I come from a journalism background. I used to be something called a newspaper reporter, investigative for 20 years when there was actual real news. So yeah. that's why I'm doing my homework with you. Yeah, thank you for that. Uh, and the other thing is that there was a, I know that Lena and Lena knows she's publicly, she's often a polarizing figure, but there was a um, seven days worth of vitriol hurled at her because she had elected to rehome her dog. And I was there and that was not a good environment for that dog. And Lena knew it. And, right. and Lena's dog ended up with somebody else that really has been able to provide. I, and I actually think that is a kinder act of compassion. Agreed. And she she was on board with it. So to get an early look, to get a phone call, do you want a TV show? And also to get a little dip into, and if you do something people won't like, you know, you're going to hear about it. it. It was really, um, it was an introduction to this amazing platform that I have now. But it, boy, it's been a steep learning curve. How has your wife, Brooklyn, helped you? I know she's kind of a force with you with your company, Zen Dog. 
but give a little shout out to to Brooklyn. My wife is amazing. She um you know, she built this thing with me. I, I was doing the the training and uh she said I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to build the admin with you and she still married me and we cleared out, you know, all our furniture and put 22 crates in our house and she still married me. And uh you know, it was one thing after another. It's probably a good thing that I did it a little bit at a time. Yeah. <laughs> but now that we have kids and, you know, in the filming of the show, she was responsible for, for our dogs when they were home. She was responsible for our son when we were filming the first season and that second season. She was, we were filming in California and we were getting fire evacuations in the canyon where we lived and she was evacuating the kids, wow. dogs that were home, and I'm filming and I can't get to her. And she, she has that kind of power. And I also want to give a quick shout out because I was, I was in the room when both of my children were born and I caught them in my own hands. Okay. I've never seen strength like I saw in my wife giving birth to those children. Wow. Now, do you both live now in Austin or go back and forth, Austin and LA? Because something I saw said you live with your wife, your two kids, and I love this quote, once five once impossible dogs but i think it's four now i think you your dog is it renge is that how three, you pronounce it three kingston has passed and renge has passed both in the last three months and so. they were 17. Uh, renge was almost 17 and kingston was almost 16. yeah okay so you're in austin i'm in dallas howdy oh, I didn't know you were a neighbor, relative neighbor. Yeah, well, relative. You're in the city that's weird in a good way. Um, so what's the plans? Tease a little bit. We've got a few minutes left. Let's talk about the season. I know COVID kind of put it on the back burner for a bit. It's back now. I did see you were dealing with an, uh, an episode where there was uh, this poor dog named Buddy who was a service dog yeah, who had some fear. Yeah. That's sad. So as, as you know, and just to offer to your listeners, a uh, rule of thumb with service dogs, um, unless you are appropriately qualified, do not train your own service dog. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. Yeah, yeah. That's part of what Buddy was up against. And so Scott, who was Buddy's human, Scott is out, bless him, he's out on his fifth tour right now as we speak, heading out to see what happens over in the Ukraine. So Buddy was a remarkable dog and Scott's is, and Scott is a remarkable human. And I had the, the profound opportunity to work with both of them to help Buddy, Buddy experience less fear in the world. And ironically to help Scott, you know, Scott who's out there doing what he can to protect us to experience less fear in the world. And it's one of those moments where I think if it weren't for the show, I probably wouldn't have met this family. And as far as I'm concerned, the fact that I met this family is reason enough for me to even have landed where I landed. That was one. And then, and then you had this bulldog by a gate that wasn't letting another dog in. Yeah. But you were watching everything on that Geo Wild. I mean, how do you get the fear past that you might get bit while you're trying to help this dog center in their own mind and yeah. feel safe? I remember that moment at the gate, the body language was amazing because the dog that had been blamed for causing all of the damage in the house was actually the dog that seemed to be most afraid when taken out of the house. Wow. And so how do I overcome the fear? Well, first of all, I have learned over and over again that, that it's not about me. It's about how I can help the dog. Second of all, I have technique, humane technique that I continue to develop that works regardless of what I think or how I feel. And third, I know having been bitten and, and almost almost died from a bite many years ago, that if I'm not the right person at the right moment, 
that my help may not be helpful, as Dr. Chris Paco likes to say. So yes. I bring that to mind. My job is to be a service based on what you need, not based on what I think you need. I think somebody named uh, Ian Dunbar is pretty uh, proud of uh, one of his students. Yeah, he's been very generous and supportive in the time that I've gotten to know him. So I, I always glad to give him a shout out. And Arden, it's just great to be here with you. I appreciate your work. What do you do when you're not on TV or being the Zen Dog co-founder? What are you doing to keep yourself enlightened in this wonderful days of COVID? I've got I got a few things that are cooking right now. Um, I'm in this great brand brand association that I'm doing with Wonderside, and I, I want to give Wonderside a plug because they are a plant-powered protection product for dogs for yards for pets you can literally spray it and then lay down in your yard they're essential oil based and they understand how to treat nature with nature and so what i said to wonderside when we began to talk early on they did a, a big project with dog as my co-pilot and they they helped rehome about 55 animals out of texas nice and what I understand, which Wonderside stands by, is what's good for our dogs is good for our world. So I'm trying to expand the reach, not just for myself, but for products and people and, and conversations that I align with because I have this platform and I want to connect as many people to the possibility that there's nothing wrong with your dog and that if we practice consideration, both you and your dog will likely have a different life. If people had a little ounce of your compassion and your outlook this would be a really nice planet and i do say pause up for all you're doing to help all kinds of dogs and help us two-leggers better understand dogs and i'm a fan uh oh and i don't gush so that's a big deal for me to say that to you mr Thanks, matt Art. very kind of you i just want to keep building taking what i have and building i get a chance to present at kim brophy's legs conference in the fall and there's just a lot for me to learn and share and explore. And thankfully, I know that I'm not in it alone. Hey, everybody, please check out his show. It is called Dog Impossible. It's on Disney Plus and Nat Geo Wild. And go to thezendog.com to learn more about Matt Beisner. And at this time, I also want to do a shout out to my producer, Mark Winter. He is the surgeon of sound. He is the executive director of Pet Life Radio, which is the largest pet radio network on the planet. And now that they've been doing all these little satellite modules, we might be on some other galaxy someday. I, nothing's impossible. I just had a guy on the show who hosts Dog Impossible. So we can have Pet Life Radio possible anywhere. And I hope you check me out. Just go to ardenmore.com. And until next time, this is your flea-free host, Arden Moore. Delivering just two words to all you two, three, and four-leggers out there. Oh, behave. Coast to coast and around the world, it's All Behave with Arden Moore. Find out why cats and dogs do the things they do. And get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get great tail-wagging pet tips and have a fur-flying fun time. All Behave with America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.